Romans chapter 14 tonight. I, I preach this message about once every couple of years. Um, it's not meant to be a throwaway message. It is something I like to bring every once in a while just as a good reminder. And uh, I do that periodically. I don't make a habit out of it. I think you are uh, entitled to fresh and new messages. And certainly there are some new elements to this message. But, uh, but I think it's a good reminder as we move into the season. Romans chapter 14, beginning in verse number 5. One man esteemeth one day above another, another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. He that regardeth the day regardeth it unto the Lord, and he that regardeth not the day to the Lord he doth not regard it. Let me stop there and just give you something to think about. There are good Bible-believing Christians that don't actively celebrate Christmas. And that's okay. The Bible doesn't command that we do so. Now, the Bible does command that we observe the first day of the week in honor of the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But as far as Christmas, it's not right or wrong to celebrate. It's not wrong to celebrate it either. I've known people, good, solid Christians, and they didn't believe in Christmas trees. Well, you can, evidently we do. That's okay. That's okay. People were getting into fusses and, and fights over things like how you observe days and whether or not meat was sacrificed to idols and all that kind of thing. And Paul's encouraging us to be charitable about that kind of thing, you know. Um, so just something to think about. So if you have a friend that doesn't celebrate Christmas, don't turn them into a godless heathen. They probably have good reasons why they don't. I, I'm thinking of a couple now that they don't. That's okay. They're not here, by the way. Who is it? No, it's somebody here that I know of. Verse 6, he that eateth, eateth to the Lord, for he giveth, he giveth God thanks. And he that eateth not to the Lord, eateth not, and giveth God thanks. For none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord, and whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ both died and rose and revived, that he might be Lord both of the dead and the living. But why dost thou judge thy brother? Why dost thou set at naught thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. Now verse 12 is where we really want to focus. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Have you ever seen somebody post on social media the very unwise sentiment, well, God is my judge. You'd rather me be your judge, frankly, because God knows things I don't and God can accomplish things I can't. Tonight, just building off of that thought, three important Christmas questions. Three important Christmas questions. Father, help us, we pray. I don't think we'll be at this long, but Lord, I pray that it would be a time of quality, if not quantity. I pray that you speak to our hearts directly and do in us what only you can do. 
So we give this time to you and ask you to use it for your honor and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hopefully you understand what I'm about to say. Benjamin Franklin was at times one of the godliest unsaved men you're ever going to meet. If you've done any research on Benjamin Franklin, he was almost certainly not a saved man unless he got saved at the end of his life, and I truly hope that he did. His epitaph on his tombstone is one of the finest I've ever read, and it makes it sound like he was a saved man, but his testimony would seem to speak in another direction. A good man, yeah, to, to human standards, and certainly a wise man by earthly standards. I hope he did eventually get saved, but he said something very, very important. Strange to hear this coming from a man that I don't believe had a salvation testimony. He said this, he said, how many observe Christ's birthday? How few his precepts? Oh, it's easier to keep holidays than commandments. That's accurate, isn't it? It's easier to keep holidays than commandments. There was another Christmas message that I preach frequently, and, and um, not this year, but uh, we've thought on three great dangers in observing Christmas. You wouldn't think there'd be any dangers in observing Christmas, but there are three. First of all, that your Christmas be out of order. That your Christmas be out of order. No facet of Christmas is more important than Christ. No facet of Christmas is more important than Christ. There's a huge, huge kerfuffle going on amongst the different pages that I follow, different preachers, different networks and things like that about having church on Christmas morning. And it, it, it's two different extremes. You've got some that say, if you don't have church on that Sunday morning, you probably aren't even saved. You don't love God, and how can you not have church? Then the other extreme is, how can you have church? People ought to be able to be with their families. And then everything all the way in between. It's my conviction that God is most honored by us having a morning service on Christmas. Now, if you're not here, I'm not going to think ill of you. I'm not going to assume that you just decided that, you know, sleeping in and opening presents was more important. That's not my assumption at all. Many might not even be in town. I get that. But I believe that I have a responsibility to have the doors of this church open for those who would like to come to worship on the Lord's birthday. But I don't, I don't judge those that see it differently. I may disagree with them, but I don't judge them. Um, but we're, we're going to, Lord willing... Unless it snows or something, we're going to have church. Now, snow would be all right, too, but, uh, but we're going to have church, okay? But I do think we need to be careful because there are facets of Christmas that can easily get ahead of, forgive the, the saying that has become almost trite, the reason for that season. It's so easy to happen, it can get out of order. Another thing you can do is get out of balance, Sometimes we as Christians, we do a heavy emphasis on Christmas, but we fail to celebrate some other pretty important things when it comes to our faith. Do you get as excited about Resurrection Sunday, about Easter, as you do Christmas? We should, because without the resurrection, Christmas is pretty meaningless. You know, we should. So it can get out of order, it can get out of balance, and if we're not careful, it can get out of habit. Why do you celebrate? 
Yeah, it's just what we do. No, it should have a meaning. It should have a purpose. Everything we do should be on purpose. Christians ought to live lives of purpose and on purpose. And so these are three dangers we need to be careful of, out of order, out of balance, and out of habit. But once again, our attention is drawn to verse 12. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. It's a sobering reminder. It brings about three thought-provoking questions in light of Christmas. So let's see, today's December the 4th. So we've got 21 days, three weeks. Okay, and we're, we're into it. We're into the season. The lights are up. The decorations are up. The plans and preparations are being made. We're already starting to party. We start on Thursday. Um, if you show up earlier than four, you're not unwelcome, but just know that we're still going to be scurrying around. So help if you want. Um. <laughs> or just show up at four, that'd be good. Um, but uh, we're well into it. The parades are taking place and the music, you know, I, I got in the car and, and we got free, free XM radio through Christmas. So, I mean, I've got it on holiday classics. I've been Bing Crosby and myself to death, man, and I've been loving it. I've been loving it. And, uh, and, and so far, I've managed to avoid Mariah Carey's terrible Christmas song, so that's been great. Um, <laughs> but we're well into it, y'all. We're in the season, and it's wonderful. It's wonderful. I love it. I love it. I, you know, I, I, have, I have told Miss Becky, who's in charge of our decorations, you will never hear me say no when it comes to another tree. Get as many in here as you want. And Brother Johnny's against it because he's the one that has to put them together. But, uh, <laughs> but I mean, poinsettias and, and trees and wreaths and ribbons. And, you know, now, just I have one request. One year, one year, can we just do it gaudy? I mean, just gaudy, tinsel and colors and everything. No, she's, she's not going to do that. <laughs> my wife caved. My wife caved this year. In our house, our tree growing up was gaudy. I mean, it was gaudy, and we loved it. And my grandmother's, now my grandmother's was always, you know, really classic and all of that. And, you know, and, and it, we just couldn't enjoy it. You know, it was, it was all classic. Well, I married a classic Christmas person, you know. And so I haven't, had, a, I haven't had, had, had colored lights in my house in a long time. Sure, I got colored lights on the family tree. The tree, it's, it's, it's not quite gaudy, but it's getting there. I'm going to try to work in tinsel next year. And uh, anyway, but uh, we're getting there. What am I talking about? I don't know. I rarely do. Question one, how often have I thought of Christ? John 21, 15, they're sitting on the, the shores of Galilee. So when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? What's he talking about? Is he talking about, do you love me more than you love these fish? Do you love me more than you love the other disciples? Do you love me more than the other disciples love me? I don't frankly know which one he's saying. He could be saying all three. Grammatically, I can't pull that out. And if you can, let me know. I tend to think that maybe it's all three, and, and if that's so, if that's so, it's a pretty simple question Jesus is asking. What or who do you love more than you love me? 
And if we're not careful in this season, we can love everything about this season except the only thing this season is really about. If you ask the average person what Christmas means, they'll tell you things like a giving spirit, goodwill, um, peace, and that's kind of biblical. But don't miss it. The Christmas season is about the fact that God sent his son to be born of a virgin, that he might live a perfect life, bear the sins of mankind, and die in our place. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. And so with that in mind, as we hustle through this season, and man, it seems to move quicker every year, how often do we think about Christ? We feel good about ourselves because, you know, we take a little bit of time Sunday morning and read Luke 2, and we should, we should. But if that's the only time you think about Jesus leading up to it, you missed it. It's not about presents. Don't get me wrong. I like presents. I have thrown some pretty big hints in my wife's way. I saw a meme the other day. I said, what do you mean I'm hard to shop for? You know where the gun store is. <laughs> but y'all, it's not about the lights. There's nothing wrong with the lights. There's nothing wrong with the decorations. There's most certainly nothing wrong with the food. Here we come a wassailing, whatever wassail is. You know, if wassail's alcoholic, I'm sorry, but I tell you what I look forward to. Duchess eggnog. You, you people don't like eggnog, you are living beneath your privilege. Because it is wonderful. And I drink a ton of it. I literally drink it by the half gallon. That's not what Christmas is about. It's not about, it's not about caroling, although we enjoy that. And by the way, we're, we're trying to set aside a date in which we'd like to go Christmas caroling over at Carrington and maybe some other places. If that's something you're interested in doing, please let me know. I think we had a great time when we did it a couple years ago, and I think that we'd have a great time doing it again. And so I'd love to be able to get that put together. Be an encouragement and a blessing to some people. But it's always about Jesus. So as we approach Christmas, how often have I thought of him? And by the way, that's not just true for Christmas. How often does Jesus cross your mind? Every day. Every day. Number two. First question, how often have I thought of Christ? Number two. Do I soul win as fervently as I shop? My wife loves Black Friday. Now, admittedly, Black Friday is not what it used to be. Now, from my perspective, I love it the way it is now. I love the Cyber Monday, and I got my Christmas shopping done in about 20 minutes and did not leave my living room. It was wonderful. But my wife and some of you love Black Friday, and she misses the days 
of being up in the middle of the night and wrestling for a scarf and pushing people out of the way. And she loves that stuff. This was Claire's first year to go with her because, frankly, Claire wasn't big enough to hold her own (laughs) up until this year. Loves it. And what was always interesting to me, especially when we first got married, um, whether she was with her sisters or my sister, whoever she was with, as soon as we were done with the Thanksgiving meal, I have one job on Thanksgiving. It doesn't have anything to do with the meal. It's to find the sales sheets. My job is to get up, no lie, at 4 o'clock in the stinking morning when the papers are taken to, the, to the, wherever they are and get the paper. You say, why so early? Because they will be gone if you don't get them early. I try to tell her they're all online. doesn't matter. She wants the paper. So I got my paper, and I brought it back, and that concluded my, my part in Thanksgiving. And I went back to bed. And she lays those things out, and she says, all right, we're going to hit here, and you're going to go over there, and you're going to stand in this line, and I'm going to be in this line, and we're going to go this way, and then I want you to do a button hook, and then I want you to do a post route, and then I'm going to, you know, I mean, and she's got it all planned out, all of it, okay? Why? Because there's something she wants, and... It has the added advantage of being possibly a bargain, although we know that sometimes those bargains aren't actually bargains at all. Early at it, formulate a plan, won't be denied. That's great. Now let's take that same approach towards souls. Let's get early at it. Let's formulate a plan, and let's not be denied in our efforts to win them to Jesus. Do I soul win as fervently as I shop? We should. Number three, this is the easiest one. I mean, the easiest one to preach, hardest one to live. All right. How often have I thought of Christ? Do I soul win as fervently as I shop? Here's the third one. It's his birthday, right? What did I get him? the people that you care about, that you're able to give something for, you, you, you want to put a little bit of thought into it. You want it to be meaningful. Um, I love my wife very much, and so a last-minute a last minute thing at Rite Aid in the middle of the night probably isn't my best bet. It needs to be something that reflects some thought and even some sacrifice. And she doesn't expect that of me, and I don't expect that of her, but we keep doing it for each other. You ever re-gift something? You don't have to admit it. I know you do. You know? Because sometimes sometimes you'll get something and... You know, well, i got to be careful. I don't know who's giving me what now. <laughs> I am thankful for every every thought, every thought of anyone that has ever given me anything. I truly am. Okay? I had a precious lady in Alabama who's now in heaven. I think I'm safe on this one. And she would bake me a cake every Christmas. You know, we talked about a few weeks ago how sometimes we want to do things that God has not gifted us to do. 
bless her heart. God didn't gift her in the matter of cakes. He just didn't. And it took me my first year there to realize that. And every year, I got a cake. Now, let's, let's, let's just talk for a second because I'm way ahead. What do you do when somebody gives you something that just isn't good? And you know they're going to ask you. And you've got to be truthful. You can't lie. God's not going to honor you lying. He's not. So, so what do you do? And sure enough, Brother Andy, actually she called me Brother Andrew. Brother Andrew, what did you think of that cake? Well, there's the old faithful ones you can use. Those kind of things don't last long at my house. And use those. Use that one. You can go to the trouble of naming your garbage can spot. That hit the spot. You can do that if you want. And no, I haven't used any of these on y'all. I know you're thinking, has he ever said that to me? No, I have not. I, I can honestly say I can't think of anything that any of y'all ever give me to eat that I have not enjoyed immensely, Okay. Um, or at least survived, but uh, <laughs> but I didn't survive this cake almost. I mean, it, it was a killer. It was it was rough, and I made it a matter of prayer. I really did. Lord, what do I? Say? I know she's going to ask me. What do I say? I don't want to hurt her feelings. What do I say that's still truthful? And then it hit me. For all of its bad things, it was not dry. It was a very moist cake. And I said, Miss such and such, I got to tell you, that cake is the moistest cake I've ever How do you get it so moist? Oh, well, here's what I do. And as she's describing to me what she does, I understand why the cake tastes the way it does. <laughs> and that's when I say, well, it hit the spot. So what would I do? What would I do in successive years when she would when she would bring me that cake? I'd regift it. Go to the neighbor. Hey, got you a cake. <laughs> See. Now here's the thing about that gift. That's not much of a sacrifice, is it? Not really. And I'm not saying that, you know, in your giving to one another, it needs to be overly sacrificial. But would you agree to me, with me that for his birthday, Jesus ought to get something that represents some measure of sacrifice? In fact, I can prove it. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living what? Sacrifice. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what that is, what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We talk about our birthday gift to Jesus and prayerfully considering if God would have you to give financially. Let me just tell you this. If that is something that you would use as an opportunity to write a check or put a bill in the plate and not give him anything else, then keep your money. He didn't want it. He wants you. Remember, we talked about it in our stewardship messages. It all belongs to God, 
And it begins with understanding that I belong to him. (coughs) And if he has my heart, he'll have everything else. So what do I need to do leading up to Christmas? Lord, (coughs) when I was a child, I gave you my heart. I believed on you as my Savior. But I have a bad habit of taking my gifts back. And I've not always let you be what you want to be in my life. And so, Lord, the best way I know how this Christmas, and hopefully every day beyond it, I give myself to you afresh and anew, not to be saved again, but I rededicate myself to you. And Lord, I'm asking you to take me and use me as you see fit. Agent Rogers talks about how on the horns of the, on the, on the altar in the Old Testament, they had what was called flesh hooks. Those flesh hooks, you see, a, a sacrifice that's bloody is slippery. And those flesh hooks would hold that sacrifice there that it might burn. Put some things in your life that serve as flesh hooks that keep you on that altar. That even though it gets tough sometimes and even though it gets hard sometimes, you stay right where you're supposed to be, a living sacrifice for him. What did I get him? Give him you. Give him your family. Give him your marriage. I have to give him this ministry over and over again. I have to make sure that I'm not advancing something that's my agenda and not his. It all belongs to him. What he wants for Christmas is for us to recognize that and to treat it accordingly. So those are our three thoughts. As we approach Christmas, how often have I thought of him? Hopefully frequently, perpetually. Do I soul win as fervently as I shop? And then what did I get him? By all means, enjoy the season. I intend to. I intend to. It's always busy, and we, I, I covenant every year that I'm going to slow things down the closer we get, and it never works. I'm trying again this year, and it just isn't working. Enjoy the season. Have the parties. Exchange gifts. Enjoy the lights. Enjoy the food. Come to our house Thursday night. We'd love to have you. But in the midst of all of that, don't leave him out. Don't leave him out. It's his birthday. Or at least when we recognize it.